Hi, John. Hey, Alex. Do you know what I hate? What's that? Well, you already do if you knew how this writing worked. I don't. I can't read. You know that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Plus, uh, that's a drawing of Pregnant Sonic again. You know, the circles do kind of look like Pregnant Sonic. <laughs> or so my therapist says. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, yeah. you at at, uh, at therapy now. We're just like, Pregnant Sonic, Pregnant Sonic, Pregnant Sonic. And, you're, and your uh, therapist is like, yes, that's correct. Good job. Uh, that's what it sounds like. We watched Arrival. There it goes. Communication breakdown. Communication breakdown. Uh, let me, the rare, rare warning from me um, to the audience here. I am of the firm belief, I mentioned it last, last week uh, when we announced this movie, that the less you know about this movie going into it, the better. So uh, if you're one of those people that listens to this show without watching the movie, uh, let me just give like one vote to say, watch the movie first. Yeah, I would. No, I'm, 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 I'm not your dad. Like, do whatever you want. I just like in this case, normally I don't care. I, I like things being spoiled. I'll read about a whole fucking plot before I watch a movie and it won't change anything. This movie, I think, does a lot better when you don't know anything about it beforehand. So there we go. Leaving it right there. Yep, I would. I would second that. And I am your dad. So listen to me. That is some confusing chronology. Watch this I don't movie. Think you're nine months older than me. No, I'm the audience's dad. I'm not your dad. Oh, I thought you were my dad. I'm no. like, I'm not nearly you... that racist. I'm working on it, though. You know, here's inshallah. I'll get there. <laughs> you are working on it. <laughs> uh, speaking about racist, the human race gets ah. visited by heptapods. What are they called? Heptapods. Oh, heptapods. What would um, what do you think, John? <laughs> I I liked it actually. I was I was. Kind of surprised that I, <laughs> that I liked it, but uh, uh, I really enjoyed this. I'm I'd, glad I, I'm glad to hear you say that because upon rewatching this, this is like my favorite sci-fi movie in a really long it's, time. It's I fucking great. love this movie. If, if you're the kind of person that that really loves how technically correct Interstellar is, I don't know that this is the movie for you because I think there's a lot no. of stuff in here that kind of you you sort of take in good faith in terms of science and the ways that, that some things work. But, uh, um, you know, but I, I still dug it. I, you know, I thought it was a kind of a, a, a thoughtful piece, uh, rumination on communication and, uh, sharing of yourself. I dug it. And I think, I think I, and I really liked Amy Adams, which I was not expecting to be like blown away by. Like, is it not that she's not a good actress, but I was really taken by her performance in this. She, Amy Adams is very good in this. She is, um, one of those actresses that it, it, it's. I'll use the term that uh, 20 years ago, the kids would say, uh, I sleep on Amy Adams a lot. And mm -hmm. then I'll watch her in something be like, oh, yeah, she's like probably the best actress of her generation. Like, she's really fucking good. She's really great. I mean, like she she keeps like being in these like it seems like swing for Oscar roles, like that stupid hillbilly elegy and stuff like that. Mm. But th and I, I do think she's 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 witty and, and charming in, in tons of movies. And I think this required a lot of sort of um, interiority for how sort of um sparse and there's there's a better word for for this that I'm austere that this movie is and kind of like this movie operates at a distance and you don't know exactly what's going on in some cases but there's something something going on behind the scenes and she's still she's able to to portray that really well. Uh, yeah, she's really wins me over. This the whole cast I really thought brought it. Um I've been on record, I think yeah, I've said it on the show before that I'm not a big Forrest Whitaker fan. But uh, this, I think he showed up for, and he acts like a human, <laughs> and I enjoyed a bit of it, which is, usually he's so, like, he's got a, a Nicolas Cage vibe when he shows up in a lot of his movies, 
but he's not in movies that Nicolas Cage would do. So you're like, why are you ruining this movie I would like by your Nicolas Cage performance, Mr. Whitaker? But this movie, he's like, a, he acts like a person. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You've you've got like a gravitas of a leader, but you're also open-minded. You're like, I, I, I kind of like you with this. And See, Jeremy Renner d- d- didn't suck. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Which is the best I'm ever going to say about him. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I, he's supposed to be a theoretical physicist. And I kind of don't really buy him as a theoretical anything <laughs> nope <laughs> but um he was he was good he was like really and i think maybe it's just because i'm used to seeing him in those stupid marvel movies or you know some sort of born thing um but like same thing where it's like oh you can play a human being that's kind of cool yeah um he was fine <laughs> which but, uh, i don't you can't say often it's it's interesting that a movie about language and communication spends no time going what's that accent forrest whitaker's doing is that supposed to be like boston why is he doing that he you could know, just talk like Forrest Whitaker. Correct. However, it's just, at least it's a subdued role. Like, at least that's all he, he's so Nicolas Cage in all of his movies that him just doing a slightly weird voice is, sure, that's great. That's fine, Mr. <laughs> Whitaker. I'm I'm glad. So, uh, yeah, spoiler I feel weird, like, talking about this because, like, man, it ruins it if you know. Uh, so we're hoping with uh, what, in first viewing, is a flashback of... Uh, Amy Adams's daughter. Right. You see, and, you, she's talking about how the, the start of, of her story, like she's like, this is the start of your story. Yeah. And you see, yeah, almost this. And I was really worried about it at first because I, I still haven't fully come down on, on how I feel about Dennis Villeneuve or Denis Villeneuve or however you want to say it as a director, because this, this all felt very um, Terrence Malicky ripoff, like a tree of life. Like this is, you're seeing just these moments from a person seeing, you know, Yes, Thoughts, it, which by, it by opens this very point, Terrence Malicky. Yeah. By this point, I think this was 2016, had been kind of like co-opted a bit to be, you know, you'd see that shit in commercials or yeah. you know, whatever. And so I was a little worried that it was going to be a little hacky, but it, it it doesn't. And I think, I mean, even as as the the movie goes on, and and recontextualizes it, it changes it changes it to makes it seem less Malicky. But even in that front part, he managed to kind of back away from that and still tell the story of this oh you know almost like the beginning of of uh, up where you have this little story about these people's relationship together yeah the the hilarious pixar movie of a barren woman and her husband as mm-hmm. her husband watches her die of old age mm-hmm. hilarious um that i lo- i love that movie or at least the like the opening yeah the opening so is great cool. like i could take or leave the rest of it but i love that opening but it's like what what is like what is this why we're not here to talk about up yeah. all right so um the so anyway yeah yeah spoilers for everything this whole movie we're gonna ruin it uh the so this is the first time i've revisited it's this since i saw it in the theater uh in 2016 or whatever and in that i had no spoiler all i knew was that it was based on a book or a short story and that it looked really cool so Mm -hmm. i was like oh i'll go check this out so uh the the fast forward the uh flash forward thing uh was you know, I had no fucking idea. So this is the first time watching it, knowing what they are. Mm-hmm. And actually, I kind of like them better now, like knowing what it is, because it's like not to, to be too like heavy handed on like, well, the story can be told backwards and forward bullshit. But like having more information, like having sat through the movie and like knowing what it is and then going back to the beginning, it kind of informs a little bit more. It's it's an interesting mm-hmm. rewatch, which yeah. I was I was a little afraid I wasn't going to like it because you know, it's spoiled, but like, no, it actually, it, it, it matured. See, I didn't, and I didn't really know about that going into it, but I was able to, um, piece it out as it, as it, as it, as it played out. Like, cause you, you see the stuff at the beginning and 
okay so this is this is the setup apparently this person had a had a kid that died and now they're alone or whatever then i started thinking about how like well wait where's the dad in this and they don't introduce the flash other than that first point they don't introduce the flashback again you don't see that she doesn't flash whatever till about an hour in and at that point I'm like, why are we seeing this? Well, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. And they, they felt kind of weird and disjointed, but then you see her react to them and they start having this discussion about like dreams. And so I, I, I didn't know what was going on, but I'm like, something's not that, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, like something's going on. It wasn't the like, yeah, it wasn't the what of interstellar. It was the, hmm, of, of this movie. You know, it wasn't, well, I, is, I didn't this... feel like I was being cheated. It was more just like, you've given me enough here and I, and I like the vibe that's going on that I'm. I'm willing to cut you some slack on what exactly is going on here. As much as I liked Interstellar more than you did, um, this is a much more competent filmmaker Mm -hmm. and film. So there's like the comparison is like it's right there, but it's they're really two so separate films. Like it's uh, this is this is such like artistically done filmmaking and Interstellar is it's a just a sci fi movie. Uh, Oh, yeah. Just so the flash forward thing was so seeing the theater and, and I think. From what I understand about the book, it's written this way, too, is I don't think it's meant to be when you see Jeremy Renner in the flash forwards later. Is that supposed to be a big reveal? Yeah. Like you're parsed out because I remember it's towards the end of the film. But like I, watching it this time, my memory of it was, you know, that when she said when the daughter was asking for the word for when two sides of a thing and it's like zero sum game. Mm-hmm. Where she goes, ask your dad, he's the scientist. I go, oh, it's Jeremy Renner. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's still way towards the end. I'm not some fucking genius that figured out, you know, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, two minutes yeah, in the movie. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. I mean, but I think it's not It's not supposed to be a giant, holy fuck, it's a slow burn. I think you're supposed to slowly reveal it, and which I like a lot better because it just, I, I like slow re- uh, revelation. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah I remember I think, in the theater having that thought. And I think, I mean, we, we keep dancing around it, but basically... Let's just get it out there now where the, the, the crux of this movie ends up being really that the way these aliens think is like time doesn't really exist for them. Uh, and well, t- well, it's it's not the time doesn't it's time's arrow as we understand it. Right. I mean, I, I don't know when we're going to talk about it, so maybe it's right now, but like physics wise, it's one of the interesting things about physics is that we don't understand why cause comes from before effect. Like, that's not a part of the universe. That's just the way that we experience it. So it's this fucking weird mind fuck of a thing. Meeting, we're essentially meeting someone that understands that from a physics perspective of like, they understand that effect can come before cause. Right. And so they, they experience That makes time. your brain bleed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think the reason I like this better than Interstellar for a number of reasons, but one of the things is like, so this, it's not, even though it has a quote unquote twist which I'm not arguing that the twist doesn't happen. There's clearly supposed to, you know, clearly operates as, as, as a twist. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, um, it's less of a ta-da thing and more of everything has been structurally built and thematically and all this stuff to, to this moment. Uh, whereas Interstellar is so much more of a ta-da thing is about how love is the fifth dimension and now I'm trapped in a bookcase. And I just think this is, this is more thoughtfully revealed like that. And so makes, although it's kind of a similar idea that they both are dealing with i think this is less about the idea itself and more about how how you deal with that idea how you communicate that idea how she deals with that oh yeah and what yeah. that means going forward how this changes her and that to me is a much more interesting thing it's like the the bit in the new watchman series where uh regina king meets 
uh, Dr. Manhattan for the first time, and Dr. Manhattan is going on about how he already knows and all this stuff. Part of the reason that scene works is because you're watching Regina King deal with it. Like, it's her reaction. So it's it's not just this this concept and isn't that cool. It's like, well, how do human beings deal with this nonsense? And uh, I, I really, really dug that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's because, um, uh, what's Interstellar? What's, who directed it? I can't think of his name Nolan. right now. No, yeah, Christopher Nolan. I was like the Batman guy, whatever his fucking mm-hmm. name is. Um, is that he's not good at emotions yeah. or humanity. He makes really cool looking movies and usually they have cool plots. But uh, 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 Villain Away, uh, no, what's his name? Villeneuve? Sure. I think it's Villeneuve. Yeah. I thought he was Spanish for a long time, so I thought it was Villeneuve. <laughs> and, oh. and, uh, apparently very wrong about that. But no. um, Dumb old uh, French. He's uh, very good at emotion and like very good at humans and uh, making things look cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's two very very different things. But um, uh, yeah. Th- although yeah, you're right. It, there, it is a reveal. It is like a twist at the end. But it's it's natural to the plot. While the twist at the end of Interstellar, like the end of Interstellar, could have been, oh, the the aliens built a time machine for us. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. It's not a, a. They literally could have been. It's a Deus Ex Machina. Like it, it. You could just do anything right there and go. Oh, that solved the story. You just need time travel. Yeah. This is the movie, and probably the the short story it's based on is structured around this. It's intrinsic to the story. From yeah. The second you meet the character, you just didn't know yet that it's intrinsic to the story. This thing, which I, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Which I mean, you you could make that argument here, in uh, like that there are. If you really start like pulling at the threads of this, I'm sure it, it would it would just unravel. But like the the bit when she meets the at the towards the end where she meets the the Chinese general, yeah, and it's like, oh, now you have my my phone. It's it's done in this way, and I think they kind of set it up through, throughout. Uh, or she she mentions mentions it earlier. It's done this way that like it's not that the event is happening; it's that she's remembering it. Uh, if if that makes any sense, like it's this, yeah. You know, it's also kind of the, the faultiness of memory, which is why when she's having that that moment, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, this is this is right here. This is when this happened because she's kind of forgotten about it. And it's so you can do this kind of yeah, godly that, oh, I just remember that in the future um, I actually saved the day. So I did. So I saved the day. But yeah, this movie yeah. doesn't really do that. I think it I think it skirts that just just well enough. It's also I like and I don't know. I'm just going to say this is built in because I, I have faith that this movie uh, did things on purpose. I can not that he's very Kubricky, but he's got a Kubrick thing like Kubrick. I trust that he planned things like it just now, of course, he's a master of doing this. And and uh, uh, Villeneuve, I have that same thing with I just like, yeah, I trust you to have done this. But I like that uh, the Chinese thing is because he's the whole thing with China is that they start talking to the heptapods uh, using Mahjong. As kind of their template is like as, as game theory is the way they speak to him. And like, he, that's what he does at the end is he seeds it like a game. He's putting the clues down. Like that Chinese thing is like, oh, well, remember this. Here's the password that mm-hmm. you have to say. Here's my phone number. And it's a it's a very game way of doing it while well, she's on this uh, emotional linguistic trip. And she sticks with that way. And the interaction between those two, like really fit with the interaction of how they're in the, the kind of, this whole movie is, is a metaphor for NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, you know, like the whole, your brain gets created, you know, your brain changes with language, language changes your brain. Yeah. What are they, uh, Sapir-Whorf or whatever? Uh, I think that was the, the, the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. Oh, I don't, I don't, mentions. I, yeah, they do mention in the movie, I'm just remembering college stuff. Um, 
that I never learned enough to really even should be commenting on this, but I do remember <laughs> enough that, and, and I've done NLP in, in therapy before, but, but, um, you know, this whole movie is this kind of, you know, metaphor for that of like, you know, language and their language is circular and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I just, I love that it comes together with, with him doing this game thing. But, um, yeah, well, and I think, I think faith is, is, is a good thing to bring up, I think, because, and I don't know why I'm only choosing Interstellar because, there's several other first contact movies, but I guess it's maybe the the, the time element here. But I no, think but also Interstellar has a very similar a very similar setup to the film. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like act structure and the way it ends, and there's a time travel element. See, and I, it's also I, easy this... to compare because it's you know one's not as good. So well, you can because but my 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 point is is like I think this movie has faith in you, the audience, where I feel like Interstellar um, is more of a like. Okay, let me explain to you what's happening because I love explaining yeah. things and, and we're scientifically correct here and all this stuff. And this is just like, we're just going to give you enough to make it so, so you can kind of understand that this person is the best person at their job with language. Like, I'm sure if you know linguistics, there's a lot of, you know, leaps to be made and stuff like that. But they, I think he did a good enough job with that and um, with helping you understand what was going on. Like I said, with these flashbacks and the kind of the way they were structured and, and her reaction. So that it didn't feel to me, it didn't feel like such a such a twist reveal as it's more of this like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, this was all building to this. And uh, yeah. I think I think I think that is something I appreciate uh, from a filmmaker. The other aspect that that uh, in comparison to Interstellar and kind of the Martian, too, even though that's not a uh, uh, first contact movie is. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about Interstellar, it's like, uh, you know, they refer to the, the Martian as competent, competency porn, mm. where it's like this, you're watching someone be really good at something. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, oh, this is great. Like, this guy, like, doesn't suck. And he's just thinking. And and Interstellar's that uh, on a sci-fi competency. Look, I'm flexing my sci-fi muscles. Well, well, Arrival has that, but there's a story and emotion wrapped around it. Like, Luis, she's competent as fuck like she's like the world's best like linguist like but it's wrapped around things so it's not potatoes bitch it's not circle language bitch yeah. it's slow reveal and i think there, there's a there's a lesson to be learned from sci-fi movie making where you can have heart and soul and and character and still have the heart of it be like kind of competency which is the difference between interstellar or the martian and this where mm. it's you know yeah that's that's kind of that that's something like that i don't know yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and some, I think, some, I think something there. I kind of ran out of steam. <laughs> well, no, but I, 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 and I think like as an audience member too, it's it's a way to kind of, yeah, g- give me that, but don't beat me over the head with it. There's a book called The Three-Body Problem, which is, uh, and it's like the first in a series. Of, I, I forget the, the, the author's name now, but. Uh, yeah, it's Hugh. Yeah, I don't remember, but like it's, it's again, no, I, I kind of it, like, a, like that. almost like a first contact thing. But so much of it are is just like these turgid physics lectures, yeah. And I like I hate this so much. And I'm, you know, there's certainly an audience for that. People know and like physics. Um, I don't. I like cartoons. So like when I was saying earlier about just you know skirting over some of this stuff to give you like the the basic ideas, um, I thought was was nice and not and not done in a way that to me was like too hand wavy. You know, I think yeah. I think it still gave you enough. If you're an idiot like me, it gave you enough to kind of chew on. Uh, so three body problem is Shishen Lu, which I was I just combined both his names into one. Also, I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure. Sure. But um, th- I thought of three body problem uh, while I was watching this as well. And um, I'm trying to remember. There's this. There's a sci-fi story I read years ago where um, the second of the books, the first book is basically they go into outer space, 
shit went wrong on a hibernation ship and they basically make a planet of super intelligent um, spiders. This sounds really stupid, but it's actually really well done. And a lot of it is trying to learn how to communicate with the spiders. Like they communicate by like vibrating their web and trying to like, trying to make that to talk to humans. It's like, like at one point a spider captures humans and they basically just starve the human to death because they didn't, they had no concept that like air releasing from their, from their food hole could possibly be language. Because to them, language is vibrating a string. But anyway, the second book is they meet cephalopods. And the cephalopods have this thing where, uh, because cephalopods have brains in all of their uh, limbs, you know, like it, on Earth, um, as well as, in, the, as in, in this, the head is the thinking one that does all the math and shit, but then the bodies, like, run the ship. Ugh. So, like, like, the tentacles will just be doing something, and the head doesn't really have control over it. So it's almost like a hive mind. And this was like where they were talking about how the language of the heptapods in this, the spoken language is completely different than their written language. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's like that's like that sci-fi book of the, the you know, the head is almost like an entire different entity. And it was like, uh, I just I really like this movie. Let's just watch this again. Well, so I, I was going to have a whole thing about how this movie has a pretty cynical and kind of crummy view of humanity. In that, you know, the, the, our reactions to most things is like, whatever, I don't have time to figure this out. They're going to attack us. We better, we better kill them. But hearing those two things absolutely destroy those things. Giant spiders, no thank you. Get rid of them. Awful. Uh, uh, th- uh, things with brains and tentacles, that can't be good. Yeah. Bomb them. <laughs> Starship troopers all the way, baby. Like, I'm, uh, I have now changed my is... opinion of this movie. Just, no, I'm a complete xenophobe. What? Here's the thing about that is reading those. Oh, I really wish I, I can't remember what the fuck the name of those books are called. But um, when you cross this barrier between you start getting um, empathy towards the spiders because you start getting nope. to know them and like Mm-mm. know their society. And it's a weird trick of writing where it's just like nope. I was disgusted by you earlier. And now I'm kind of like there's a part where the spiders are kind of like falling in love. Like there's like a spider love story at one point. Not it's again, this this sounds so stupid the way I'm saying it, but it's like a really brilliant book. No, I get it. But like, like you start in, in... empathizing with them. You're like, oh God, I'm like fucking empathizing with these fucking creeps. <laughs> no, it's like in Game of Thrones when you start out really, Jamie Lannister is a evil, evil bastard. But by the end, you're totally hot for his spinnerets. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing says redeemed character like raping a sister on top of your child corpse. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. And then it's a uh, children of time. And then the sequel is children of ruin. Children of ruin is the one with the, uh, the super intelligent. Oh, is that part uh, of the, the children of a verse? The children of men. Uh, yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the end, it turns out, uh, all of them, all the, uh, male spiders can't come anymore. I don't remember what the children of men about. <laughs> yep. That was it. It was about spiders. Wait, no, not... was it the, they can't, was it men couldn't come anymore? Or the women couldn't. Uh, no, it was all women's children. fault. Yeah, it's, it was something along those lines. The The second of those books, I'm totally spoiling this, but they also, um, uh, so the first one is spiders. The second one, it, we had introduced the, the, the cephalopods, but their main enemy is basically like super intelligent, almost lichen. And they yeah, think entirely nope. different than like, like there's no, like there's no way to talk. Like there's no, you know, the whole thing is, is this author just being brilliant about how to understand alien thought and how to communicate with something fundamentally alien like a spider and then went no what if it's even more fundamentally alien and then what if their what if their fucking uh enemy is even more fundamentally alien oh, not, that's, yeah. oh, so no going back to this going Absolutely back to this movie, have it be like dresser drawers i don't want to talk to <laughs> lichen um i'm not liking that 
yeah the 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 solution to world peace is uh is is cedar you know so the moths don't get you hyper intelligent moths um but i love the beginning of this um one and this is a rare compliment but when when the uh, aliens arrived it it reminded me of 911 <laughs> I don't know if I forget if we ever talked about that. I'm not going to give my whole 9-11 story, but like, so I lived. So I was flying a plane uh, into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, so anyway, I had this box cutter. I was screaming Alu Akbar. <laughs> um, no, I, so I lived like really close to New York. Like, so we, I went to class that day uh, after the attack had happened because it was my first day in class. I remember it was my second class in college and I didn't really know what to do because like no one told us what to do. So I went to this building where you could literally see the smoke out of the window. Like you could see 9-11 happening. So we're in this fucking English 101 class. Everybody's just like, uh, should we be here? Like, we don't know what, you know, it's like, are we, it's, it's that feeling of like, you go to a wedding and you thought it was casual and everybody else was wearing a suit. You're like, oh, is it, am I wrong? Or are you guys wrong? Oh, this wasn't fancy. So we're all just like, I don't really know what to do. And the teacher came in and had this. I don't really know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I get, um, you guys have books, maybe read something just, and then they canceled the class. Like, um, you know, right after that period that, uh, that class had ended, uh, they gave like a, a siren warning of like, oh, uh, you know, uh, everybody go home. Obviously there's, this was really stupid. Why the fuck would you show up here anyway? So like them being on campus and it really like, um, teacher, could you like, I don't know, turn the TV on? Cause some fucking shit's going down. And then it's like, you turn the TV on, like, what? There's yeah. fucking aliens in Minnesota or the hell they landed? Which, again, I like that because it wasn't the way the way it was presented in, in the movie is like, you're you're watching Amy Adams watch it. You're not you're not watching yeah. the, the thing itself. Yeah, which, the last comparison to Interstellar. In Interstellar, they would have shown, like, that uh, uh, background um, documentary footage of the day they landed mm-hmm. and make it completely outside of people. Right, yeah. Um. But that's, I think, the most effective part of this film is, so that part, and then the sheer alienness of when they first go into the ship. So she gets, she gets recruited, uh, uh, Hawkeye's with her, because he's a mathematician, mm-hmm. and they go in there, and just the, well, what the fuck do we do now? <laughs> you know, they just, the, oh, it's so well done. Yeah, the... There was a bit of a teeth grinding moment for me because the ship is just hovering. It looks like a sesame seed, not a sesame seed, a sunflower seed. Uh, and it's like just hovering a little bit off the ground. And so they, they all climb into the scissor lift and the scissor lift goes up to a not opening and then drives over to the opening just so they could do a cool shot of Jeremy Renner, like rubbing his hand on the bottom of the ship. It's like, okay, fine. Like, that was, that looked neat. I enjoyed that shot, but that's kind of dumb that they did that. But. Oh, I thought that was the ship opening. I didn't realize that was a scissor list moving. I thought it was a scissor. Yeah, because you see his hand like running along the bottom. I thought it, I completely oh, thought I th- it was a scissor I list thought moving. that grind. No, because there's a noise. I thought that was the noise of the, of uh, a giant door opening. May, you, like, you could be right. Sliding I, took, I took it as the scissor lift moving. Um, oh, no, because if you're right, that's real dumb. <laughs> like, I I took that as, I thought that was the uh, ship yeah, kind so of. I thought uh, they like, moved into the, I, I'd have to rewatch it, but I thought they moved into place a little. Anyway. Oh, you could, but that you could be that right. Really I assure work. you, my way is far more dramatic. <laughs> they yeah. should have done it that way if they didn't. The, the, the bit, so they go, they, they just, it's this long tube or, you know, this this long kind of vertical hallway that leads to this white light at the end. 
Wait, wait, so you're saying first they scissor and then there's a long tube? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. (laughs) uh, Sorry, I've been too intelligent and and thoughtful. I need to make (laughs) some kind of lesbian and then sex joke. uh, And the guy, like the the army guy that's like taking them up there, cracks open a, it's all dark, cracks open a a glow stick and throws it up in the air. And then the glow stick like lands on the ground, like the gravity changes. Yeah, the gravity, it goes, uh, uh, what what do you call that one? uh, Well, it goes up and and then side. Now I know up inside, but there's yeah. a what's well, then why called? did you ask you... me? Well, because I thought I thought when I said by the time I said what do you call it, and I told you, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, by the time the word it came out, I thought my brain would have caught up and and knew the word for it. <laughs> it prevented me from answering. Gravity was tangential. It was a tangent to okay. actual gravity. That's not the word I was looking at, no, but it, it sounded pretty good. But it sounded smart, which is what I mean. Sort of. But anyway, yeah. So, so gravity. Gravity takes like a 45 degree turn and it's, it's a beautiful shot. This it's whole, a beautiful shot, yeah. but it cuts back to Jeremy Renner and he goes like, well, that happened. And oh, did it's he like, do that? yeah, he goes, he, right. and it's like, just let me experience wonder, please. Like right. that's, that's part of what drives me nuts about that kind of weed me shit is it's like, just let me have this. This is amazing. What just happened. I don't need you to undercut it by yes. being wacky about it. And, and I'm but, a defender. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, they, they move past it pretty quickly. And I mean, it is sort of like. Yes, that's his character, because um, he's a little bit like uh, uh, a more acerbic kind of guy. But still, just like fuck, just because I hate that. Yeah. It's so trite. So I'm a defender of that kind of thing in in the right movie, like mm-hmm. any superhero or whatever. Good, have fun, make quippy things. Not in this. Yeah. Like this, we, let's have some. Let's have some fucking grava. Like, let, let's be let's be serious adults yeah. and watch a serious adult movie right now. Not like that. Not like that. Uh. But this is this is where you get introduced to the to the what eventually is called the heptapods. And yeah. oh my god, Johan Johansson's soundtrack is so great. Oh yeah. And this this movie, yeah. more than anything else we've watched recently, including those stupid like big blockbuster stuff, like made me wish I was in a theater. Like just yeah. that just that bone rattling that's going on. I oh, saw this I wish in a I could have seen and, this in a yeah. theater. It was it's one, it's beautiful on mm-hmm. a big screen, but two, yeah. it's um the way it's shot, it's shot in that kind of um, color, kind of saturated sort of style where it's like a little like dulled, seeing it on a screen and projected how that also looks, it just like, it really fit. Like it's a very, lot. It just yeah, it's very cold, which is also kind of a, a little trick with the sort of flashback slash forward is because it's, you know, so often in those cases, it's the, oh, in the past, everything was better. So it's warmer and nice. And now when things are bad, it's all cold. And oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because yeah. everything is kind of warm colors in the mm-hmm. future forwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the soundtrack I remember in the theater was, it reminded me of um, uh, watching the original Star Wars in the theater when they did the re-releases of like, mm-hmm. John Williams at his like the height of his craft. Not that yeah. not that this guy's doing as bombastic as John Williams, but like we're just like, oh, this is somebody that's just knocking something out of the park and you're here for it. Yeah. It, and it, this it felt like that. Yeah. It it bummed me out just because thinking about how he and um before he passed away, he and uh Villeneuve like fell out because his his soundtrack to 2049 wasn't working or something. So that's why it's Hans Zimmer. And I don't I Is I that actually, guy dead? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, drugs, oh, that I sucks. Believe. Oh, yeah, yeah because it's he's really good and yeah. like the soundtrack is really good. Yeah, the score, he's the same right? guy that did the soundtrack to Mandy, uh, among other things. That's but... absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. did talk about him. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's great. So R.I.P. That guy. But uh, yeah, the soundtrack is great, and and um, and, I mean, and just the sound design, like the noises they make, I, I really enjoyed as well. Yeah, and that first scene where they're making so the the heptapods are making the noise, 
you don't get really get to see them that well. And then the the most tension ratcheting thing is the chirping of that little bird. Yes, yeah. Because they, they bring in a bird like a canary in a coal mine kind of oh, thing. Oh boy, it's like, what a brilliant little thing. How loud that is in the mix mm-hmm. is really great. Also, you you expect something to go wrong with it. Like, um, not to not to do Bars Attacks, but like in Bars Attacks where they kill the dove, they're mm-hmm. like, oh no, maybe doves are a sign of war in their culture. Where it's like, oh no, don't bring a fucking canary in there. What are you guys doing? It's obviously, obviously the canary's gonna, something's going to go wrong, but right. I mean, yeah, nothing did. It just well, literally, it's, it's literally the same was just a canary. Later when, because she, she, after this first meeting, you know, which I, I want to rewind a minute and just be like her first, I was really unsure at the beginning because her first interaction with Forrest Whitaker was pretty stupid. Um, Cause he shows up and he's like, uh, I need you to, uh, you know, you, you still have top secret clearance. You worked with us in the past. You helped us translate these insurgent videos. You made quick work of those videos. Well, you made quick work of the insurgents. Like, man, this feels like some Aaron Yeah, didn't like that line at but all. Then, yeah. Also they had to, sorry, just keep your, keep your thought. Yeah. It was just, that was extra weird. Cause they were translating Farsi. I think he said, mm-hmm. which that's like a very very spoken language yeah but i mean like, we that's did, not we did have a you thing. don't need some extra weirdo to fight just like every not everybody but that's they have millions of farsi speakers in the world that was a weird choice well there was a thing during the during the heart of the iraq war where like we were we had trouble getting translators um really yeah for farsi oh that's I don't so know, weird. for farsi but like there was a, there was this like i, I just remember the, the the like there being a shortage of, of translators for stuff i don't know if it was like on site because people were like i'm not going over there but uh, uh I, I, I yeah, I guess that's thing. me being an idiot. I just I just that's like a it's not like some weird dial. It's not like the, the Navajo code talkers or World right. War II where it's like there's 30 of them. Like, and, well, sorry, I, mean, and I mean, you know, you could you could extrapolate that further into be like, you know, the CIA is involved in all this and they don't have their own linguistic people. But whatever, for the purposes of this movie, they needed this person. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's more that when, you know, he's like, all right, translate this. And he, and he like throws down this you know, MP3 player that plays these things. She's like, I have no idea. I can't, I can't translate this based on nothing. And he's like, well, you're not coming with me. Uh, okay. I wasn't trying to like, it was, he just starts immediately accusing her of wanting to come with him to the, to the ship. Like he's just trying to get on there. Then he's like, this is my last, last chance. It's, is this or nothing? Uh, she's like, I just told you I couldn't do this. And then he leaves. Uh, and she mentions that, uh, oh, you're probably gonna go see this other linguist. Uh, go ahead and ask him what the Sanskrit word for uh, war is and what it for, translates I, to. I actually do like this. Well, I do like this, but like the the payoff doesn't make any sense to me. In the sen- in that he the the army guy shows back up, Force Whitaker shows back up later, like in the middle of the night at at her house, and he's like, "What did you say?" Uh, she's like, "You said it meant argument. What do you say?" She's like, "It means the desire for more cows," which I had heard of before. I think in a trail of pursuit answer or something. I understand it's a mood. It's trying to be dramatic, but. So, so what does that mean? Why did you, why was that the decisive point? Well, because they're, they're, well, because he's wondering whether or not aliens are about to attack us. So the difference between we're about to have a a disagreement or we're here for your cows, obviously not real, but is a very, very important thing from a military standpoint. Right. But so 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 did he, did he look it up and, and in the interim and find out that that was i i i think the i think the idea is that yes he he either looked it up or asked somebody on staff and they said uh the exact literal translation is this right and that's the important thing to understand instead of being the functional translation of disagreement 
just, yeah, I, just not, think, I just think you could have called is all I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, also, it's it's not the most functional scene, but yeah. I liked it because it's real hard to get across. I'm a badass linguist. Well, I think like, it, well, I think it's I think there's that. But I think it also <laughs> honestly, it does add to her character, because once you once you realize that her isolation and being weird at the beginning is not a result of what you have seen is not a result of the, of the, the loss of a child, yeah, and loss yeah. of a husband or whatever that she's just this lonely cut off person. This is how she's dealing with people. And that's, that might be why, cause she's, she's also kind of like hard to like give herself up. Um, yeah. cause when she first, you know, she's kind of shitty to Jeremy Renner when she first meets him, which, and that, and, and the movie kind of dodges this too, which thankfully, when they first meet on the helicopter to the location, Jeremy Renner is reading from her book and is like, oh, you know, you say language is the cornerstone of society. Actually, it's science. No, it's not. I mean, societies weren't formed because, like, people found beakers. It's talking. That's yeah. that's what it is. I, I, I noted that, too, but I forgave it for, for two reasons. Was... They need to introduce, I'm, I'm a scientist and you're a linguist and they, you know, yeah. whatever you do. But also I kind of thought that maybe Jeremy Renner, that was going to be his character. Yes. And the, the, the flaw of this movie, there's two flaws in this movie is it sags in the second act mm-hmm. uh, because it, 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 it can't, it, it can't reveal the twist yet. So it needs to keep the movie going and it gets a little weird. And there's, and as much as I didn't, I don't really like Jeremy Renner, but that there needed to be more character with him to make yes. the movie work a little bit better. And I think if they, if he, if they'd kept him being like, at no point does he really do anything. Like he talks on the phone to some guy once, like and at one point he's like, Oh yeah, we figured something out. And, that, but it's, he doesn't, the movie doesn't, he doesn't need to be in the film for the, for the narrative to work the way that it's structured and it, it's, it's a bit of detraction, but I mean, I, I, the movie's so gorgeous. I'm see, like, yeah, whatever, yeah I, see, I don't, I don't, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know that I fully agree. I do like that. Yeah. They set him, it seems like very beginning. It's like, Oh, it's going to be like language versus science. This is This is going to be love is the fifth dimension again, but they really skirt it. But I do think that, and they probably could have done a little bit better with this, but I do think the whole thing is, is that there's supposed to be that parallel of, with this sort of the theme of sort of kind of sharing languages is sharing and sharing yourself, putting yourself out there of her opening up to him and them kind of connecting. Cause I mean, he gives that, that hacky line at the end about it wasn't about meeting the aliens that I like so much. It was meeting you, which just cool it, dude. <laughs> like that's so, that's so like pickup artist line. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, John, you are right. Except apparently he hasn't. And I'm going to quote uh, from the circle language hit that yet oh, after yes. months of doing this yeah. i mean at some point you just got to throw out a fucking like she's obviously not very good at socializing she lives mm-hmm. alone and she's pretty good looking she's got a lot of money because her house is great she's very smart you would think she she would have romantic interest if she wanted one and apparently she's not good so jeremy renner really has to just go me want you know hit on head to have mm-hmm. this to have this go <laughs> <laughs> yes that's that's what was missing was jerry iron well obviously jerry not iron. i mean Amy Adams is a beautiful woman. She's very smart. She's into linguistics. I mean, basically, she's she's my dream woman in this mm-hmm. movie. And she's living alone in like a palace that overlooks like heaven. I don't. I, yeah. Why are you single? It is so. Jeremy Renner just at some point got to go. Look, uh, I mean, 
uh, whatever worst pickup line ever, you know, like, hey, that shirt would look crumpled on my floor better or whatever the hell people say. Mm-hmm. Yes, after that, you know, that language would look good crumpled up on my floor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, you, you, you want you want another circle with weird rings? Wait, no, forget it. So I do like um, when they call him Abbott and Costello, I'm like, oh, they're joking around about who's on first. Of that kind of circular logic of uh-huh. who's the fell on first, who's on first. It's, yeah, that's yeah. why they're calling. Okay, and then I got so annoyed because that's a trivia thing on the AMD, on uh, on the uh, Amazon Prime X Ray. Oh, really? They oh. explain why that is, and I was like, God damn it! Because yeah. I was like kind of proud of myself that I caught it on the second viewing. <laughs> nah, it's, yeah, which uh, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get it first myself. So well done, well done there. Well, yeah, I, this, this is my second viewing. That's that's what got it because the first viewing I didn't give much thought on it, but. Then this time when they went Abbott and Costello, I went, yeah, why is there Abbott and Costello? I'm like, that's the who's on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Because they're wearing Susquehanna hats. Well, one one thing I liked about this, you know, we earlier we talked about Contact and this this does have a very similar plot device uh, in Contact where some terrified humans try to blow up the the shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very frustrating. And I I, I liked it in, in this simply because with 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 Contact... By making it this like religious cult, and there's there's elements of that in in this where the uh, you you see that news story about like a parish that set themselves on fire or whatever because of the aliens they were afraid of the aliens, but because it was like people within the military like almost like staging a coup, it made made humanity seem a little bit more culpable rather than be like this other, you know what I mean? Led by Jake Busey, this crazy wacky cult yeah. that's going to come do this stuff. Where this is like. No, these are just humans re- terrified and reacting to this shit and like, you know, listening to right wing YouTubers or whatever, getting fired up about it. Yeah, and, but they keep cutting to that one radio, sh- that one TV show. The, the yeah. one thing I didn't like about that scene, though, is the guy setting the bomb, like how he is wearing that weird shamanic like uh, uh, deer head. And then he was carrying the lectern that he stole from inside of the arrival ship. Yeah, I, that was that was really uh, I, I thought that was a, was little, a little uncomfortable. Uh, and he's yeah. like, and when he presses it, when he presses the code in, he's like, this is for you, Nancy Pelosi. I didn't yeah. really think that was necessary. Um, I, I, I was going to say this was prescient and then I realized that this movie came out in 2016. It's like, oh, nope, that's when, that's when, all, <laughs> that's when it was going down. Yeah. That's when all the horror started. Also, can aliens please come? The U.S., some idiots, some fucking right wing garbage monsters uh, decide to try to blow up them and, this, and they kill Costello. Habit, right. What's that? It kills one of them, doesn't it? One of the aliens? Yeah, yeah. They say, uh, I forget which one. I think Costello dies. Yeah, like he's a death process. Yeah, I, I I hate to skip over talking about the kind of discovery process of them learning the language, but um, there's not much. I mean, unless you, I mean, if you have something to say, obviously I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for you here, but it's just, it was really cool. Like that's my thoughts there is, oh man, I hope you guys watch this because this part rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we we kind of covered it. It's like there's some kind of like leaps this thing has to make in order to like move things along. Because yep. like I'm fascinated to learn how they were able to decipher the coffee cup stain language. Um, and they kind of just like, no, this little squiggle here means person. It's like okay, like you you gave me enough that I can I'm that I can roll with this. Um, but there is some some kind of like. For a movie that, that brings up how leaping to conclusions is is bad in language, it kind of does. But I was on board with it enough that it didn't bother me. Yeah, I think they did 
Uh, yeah, they did the the minimum to do it. Like there was a there was a couple spots where they show like a computer analyzing the spaces between the kind of where the stain spreads out. And like at that one point, we we're like, no, no, that's not this symbol. This it's like this symbol, but it's more complex down here. So you can kind of see them building out the idea of at least you know if you see this thing and like, hey, I'm Luis. Okay, that's a symbol for Luis. Uh, that's a symbol for human. So the symbol for individual human is human plus blah blah blah. Like it's it's enough that you can. I mean, it would take, uh, uh, you know, decades, but it's enough that you go, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it I, also, <laughs> I also like, because they, they've referenced in that, 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 you know, one of the, the people in Pakistan, because there's 12 of these sunflower seeds around the world, and the CIA is in contact with or has people in, in different areas and uh, setting this. And the people in Pakistan figured out that the language is, exists outside of time, these uh, iconographs or whatever they call them. But... Um, I like earlier with the guy from Australia is like, well, we've been playing them clips of their audio. And well, what do they do? They play clips of our audio. <laughs> like, they're like, oh yeah, this is what you sound like. Yeah. And I just like yeah, that. That's you. It's, yeah. This, we're just throwing whatever at these things. And uh, it's like when I meow back to my cat, like, like what you're just making fun of what I just said. That is cruel. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. I also like, um, even though they're, far more advanced than we are to word it that way, which is problematic language in that, you know, the time aspect, but just to say they're more advanced that they, it's not like they're fucking with us. They don't know how to communicate yet either. Like mm -hmm. they don't know how to make the, Oh, those people that think you drop the coffee cup, then the coffee cup breaks. We don't know how to talk to the then people. Mm -hmm. We don't know how, we don't know how to communicate with the thens. We know how to communicate with the, coffee cup and broken cup at same you know like we know how to communicate uh uh simultaneity <laughs> that's the people we could talk to we don't you know and it's great that it's a it's a learning process from both sides instead of a a godlike thing that's just messing with us and, and i think this this speaks a little bit to the uh omnipotence argument of knowing the future whatever is that they know what's coming sort of and they know that humanity has to help them, but they can't just show up and be like, oh, but we, we learned your language later, so we know this now. It's, it's about the process, it's about getting you to understand the language, that that needs to happen. They can't just, just drop down a, a dictionary because it's a whole thought process. Yeah. So and I you, like have, you that. still have to, the work has to be done. So it's yeah. not like, and, and that's the thing with like the daughter and like the, the crux of the film is, would you make the choice of, you know, her choice is, do I have the kid that I know is going to die of this rare disease that there's no cure? That's the, that's her choice when she understands the whole knowing the future thing. But she had already made that choice. Mm -hmm. And it's not one of these free will arguments because she made the choice. It's just, she's just seeing it from a different side. Like if I remember choosing to um, have sushi with you one day. It's not like, oh, I, hey, John, remember we had sushi that one time? That doesn't mean, oh, no, we don't have free will anymore because I remembered this. You know, I didn't go back and have McDonald's with you. No, I just, you're just remembering it just in, in an order we're, under, we're unaccustomed to. And I like that as a concept is that even though she knows it still happened the same way and it's not taking away from free will. It's not taking away. It's not change. It's not you're going back and changing the future. Just it's the sequence of events as we in a. It was once a coffee cup, and now it is a broken bits of shard. People can understand. It, it, I, I, don't know. I, I find it elegant. <laughs> I keep saying I don't know. I just, I, I just want. I like. I this, this. If this were just an actual movie review show, 
it would be, hi, my name's Alex. John Alex hates stuff. I love this movie a lot. Please yeah. watch it. The end. <laughs> well, and I think, and I, I, but I think a, a good thing about this movie and kind of what we're talking about is, is whether or not the science is right or whatever. It makes you think and it makes you feel this stuff. Like, it's not just, hey, isn't this a cool idea? Like, you're, I think it's a testament to, to Villeneuve's filmmaking that, like, you're, it, it brings you into it. It doesn't just present this idea. It makes yeah. you a part of it and makes you kind of really wonder about the ramifications of it without getting lost in this sort of um, more esoteric philosophical part of it. It makes it this more immediate uh, emotional thing, which I, which I very much yeah. uh, appreciated. Though, if I may, if I may defend the science of this movie a little bit, because there's a couple of kind of you made reference to whether or not the science in this works. Um, from from what I've read, I haven't seen any scientists saying this is bunk. Like I was looking around for uh, like the same with Interstellar. Like I was looking around for scientists shitting on this movie for it's whatever. And there doesn't seem to be a one like there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with it in any kind of um, plot breaking way. Well, that's good. Well, I just meant like like just the way like the with the linguistic, some of the leaps they were making and, and things of that nature. But if, oh, yeah, yeah. If no one's but mad at it, then that's cool. The, the, uh, the time of it obviously is an issue because just trying, you know, like. They still have, I forget, is it linear A or linear B? The two, uh, the two languages of, I think it's like the Minoans or whatever, like some ancient Sumeria, blah, blah, blah. Back then times. But like, they've known linear A. Maybe it's linear B. I forget which one. But one of them they've known fucking forever. Mm-hmm. And they still can't figure out linear B. It's from the same fucking island from like, <laughs> like a week a week later. They can't figure it out. And that's on the same planet, the same island. It's basically the same. And they're like, I don't fucking know. I don't know how this shit works. So like, <laughs> that's like, you know, dozens and hundreds of years to try to work on this shit. So yes, obviously this is a bit fast forwarded. <laughs> Do you think if like uh, we, we ended up making first contact with an alien race and they spoke Klingon, but it wasn't the Klingon that we knew. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like words were different or syntaxes were different. Like, how bad would that go for us? And I'm not even saying they're like Klingons, they're this warlike race, but just they show up and all of a sudden we're just shouting a whole bunch of nonsense at them in their language. You mean, wait, wait, wait. so they show up and they say, yeah. like they're saying the phonemes that make up the fake Klingon language from the, the Star Trek universe. Yes. But, the, but we, it's not like, but the, those phonemes don't make up words in the made up language. So like if, if let's switch Klingon to English, if we were on, if we were on uh, the Klingon homeworld and they had invented English and aliens came down and said, root vegetable chair, woof, and started screaming at them in random chunks of yeah. how would we react? Yeah. They just come down and like cling on him. We're like, well, we'll get the guy. And he's like, evidence, banana, toothpicks. What? Yeah. Uh, and then we, yeah. Or they meet Star I mean, Trek nerds who just start talking to them and end up saying the, you know, something horrible to them. Like I was always waiting for they, that for one of the aliens to be like, excuse me? The fuck did yeah, you just say to me? Say what? What did you future about my mother? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think if if the fake uh, Klingons eventually, when we uh, uh, finally got to talking, they would say, "How fucking weird is it that you basically guessed our language yeah. but just sucked at it?" Like that's that's incredible. I would like, be. I, would, I wonder I, if Vulcans are out there. We kind of already talked about like the the revelation that the the flashbacks are flash forwards, and that's. I mean, that's really it. It's just the rev- is they the the cephalopods, the heptapods had come to Earth because they realized that uh, in three thousand years, uh, humans have to help them, mm-hmm. and uh, it seems like humans were on a course to not be there in three thousand years. 
So they had to come back and give a little, give a little poke. He's, yeah, they had one to... of their one of their heptapods. They give us a little poke. Make sure, make sure they're there. Like make sure that uh, we know how to know how to do all the science and know how to do all the things that they need in three thousand years. And it's a uh, it's a nice, elegant little thing. I like that they don't say why they need help. They don't mm-hmm. say how. They don't say what humans will look like in 3,000 years. It's, it's, um, it's nice. I'm pretty convinced it's cancel culture. They need humans. Because by that point, humans will have gotten past cancel culture. 3,000, like that, that'll, that'll probably get fixed like 2,500 years. And then they'll start to experience and humans can come up and be like, no, Heptapod Louis C.K. should still have a job. And yeah. They're, just, and then, they're actually, they're, and, they're all TV executives from the future that come back and are yeah. worried they're going to lose a revenue stream. It turns out, it turns out Costello beat off seven times simultaneously in front of an intern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, so oh, it's even worse. Cause it's seven. The, the aliens themselves, like, so at one point, uh, Amy Adams goes past this, the barrier between them and like gets to see them in their full form. And they just like, they almost look like a person at the top and the camera almost treats them like that a couple of times. Yeah, but I like the idea that it's like a, a a race of foot fetishists, and they're like, "Well, yeah, why wouldn't they want to see our feet?" That's the that's the best part. So you only have the window to their feet. Man, I like the first part of this episode a lot better than what's happening right now. <laughs> to be honest, we sounded smart and we we're saying like insightful things. Mm-hmm. Now it's just all about jerking off and Louis C.K. Yeah, it always ends up that way. Uh, if you were if so- you were to write a sentence. From the beginning and the end, the same way. You would have to know. Yeah, not what how, I do. How, how many words you needed to use, the space they took up, and at what point you would get into talking about Louis C.K. and jerking off. Rats live on no evil star came on her feet. Oh, I fucked it up at the end. <laughs> um, so when she does go on the ship, actually, that is a good part to talk about is I like the, because this movie, I mean, obviously this movie, they were so alien and made them so alien. But we got to the point that we became comfortable with them almost to a point of, oh, we know how to write. We we put our hand to the glass and they put their their tentacle weird starfish thing to the glass. Mm-hmm. When she goes in the ship and we see the scope of these fuckers, that they're like Lovecraftian, yeah. you know, like like weird things from the deep. Like it should be like this should be something that you fight in an anime. And but they're her friend. I mean, that's that's uh, Abbott. No, no, that's Costello. I, that's the one that's not dead. Right. It's, it's really interesting uh, of like now there's trust, but also you've kind of re-alienized them because you've built this trust through, through a bit of window. But then when you're there, you're looking up like, oh shit, no, they're like 50 feet fucking tall and more alien than you can possibly yeah, imagine. And you don't even fully see them. They're still, yeah. you know, uh, obscured by the fog because they would be too much otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I fully a, agree. A, uh, yeah. So, I mean, if it's not obvious, cause I already said in the beginning, I, I can't recommend this movie enough. Uh, I mean, it's, I can't think of another sci-fi movie other than, I mean, I really liked Ex Machina, but I mean, that's a smaller, dumber movie, it, like not dumber, but a, yeah, as this... far as like a scope, big, wide sci-fi, this like 2001 style sci-fi, I, it's been a real long time since I had a movie hit me this hard. And especially on the second watching where I was expecting it to be a second watching level of hit, but it still got me, man. I, yeah, I, I, I love this thing. Can't recommend it enough. It might be the best movie we've watched on the show. Uh, I might just be high. Cause I just, you know, uh, finished watching it yesterday. And yeah, you know. you're forgetting rain of fire. Um, okay. It's the second best movie and no point did the cephalopods retell, uh, the story of star Wars. <laughs> but I, I, 
yeah, I had a, a similar experience with, um, even though it's, a, again, it's an alien thing, but a smaller scale, I suppose. Annihilation, like as, as, as far as like just falling in love with the movie and having the second viewing hit just as good. Yeah, was really, um, that was really great, too. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that's that's up there. Which there was just a um, a prop sale from that movie. Uh, someone was posted about it on Twitter and you could you could have bought uh, those like trees that look like people. Uh, oh really yeah but that because at first they were 80 bucks but they ended up like getting bid up to like uh, over a grand because man that'd be that'd be cool to have put in your yard (laughs) i live across from a school (laughs) like that would be terrifying i mean i don't have much disposable money but like a significant prop from that i'd probably go five hundo like i mean that was that was a fucking cool anyway sorry yeah but uh yeah it's a good movie uh yeah i i really hope you watched it and you didn't listen to this first uh because it is, it is one of those that it's, it is so much the experience. Yeah, and if you listen to it, I mean, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, I think probably it's time that we're John and I reveal that we're actually um, space squids. Mm-hmm. Well, you're um, you're a space squid. I'm a giant spider. Yeah, well, I'm actually a space hentai squid. So you know, Ugh. ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah, we both recommend Arrival, John. Um. We we're not going to forget this time, even though we're running uh, way long. Let's let's give quick recommendations to the audience of stuff we like that we watched recently. I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. I just finished on Amazon Prime Robert Kirkman's Invincible, the guy that made uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, it is his superhero comic. It is very good. Um, there's a couple. It, there's parts that it slows down a little bit, but like 100% worth watching. There's a bit of a denouement thing that happens at the, no, no, denouement is the wrong word, but there's a thing that happens at the end of the last episode that's very stupid, but it's, it's basically they just preview the next season, which actually annoyed the shit out of me. I just, I hate when TV shows do that. It takes me out of the reality of it. Spoiler alert. There's a thing that doesn't matter and you don't know what happens in the season, but um, uh, yeah, it's so worth watching. It's, it's a superhero coming of age tale that goes super sideways. Um, very much what you'd expect from Robert Kirkman, but uh, it's done really well. It's like nine episodes. Watch it. Amazon Prime. Report back to me. Without getting too much into this, uh, because that we're, we're running a little long, I guess. Uh, and I was thinking about this with Sonic, too. Like, so I, I don't recommend this, but I watched the new Mortal Kombat. And there's such a difference between making a movie that you leave open for a sequel and one demanding that there be a sequel. Like... This is we're setting up a universe here versus like, hey, we made this movie and come back. I hope we make more. And I much prefer that versus the like expectation that you're building yeah. the whole thing. Uh, so I'll I'll yeah, I'll suffer through some dumb, like awkward setup of the next season versus. Yeah, I mean, it's the entire I, I just, movie we, being an awkward setup to, to the next one. Yeah, no, that first like like Invincible, the first season is great. It's just at the end, they basically do like a next season of Invincible. It's it's just dumb. <laughs> but it's like literally if you stop, if, like it wouldn't affect your life or, or your enjoyment of the show if you just stopped about 30 seconds before the end of the last episode to go, wow, what a great season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the moral of combat's okay. I just love the old one more. But uh, uh I like the new Mortal Kombat as well. Uh, I, I think it's worth watching, but don't go out of your way. Yeah, I think it's weird that the uh, whole movie's about a tournament that no one gets to. But uh, the uh, the thing I was going to recommend this week, uh, Walter Chaw, this uh, uh, great critic, does this thing with the Denver Library where he hosts uh, different people to talk about different movies. Like uh, he had on uh, Patton Oswalt, I forget what they talk about. The one I just watched was... Head on the guy from this band, the Mountain Goats, which I'm largely familiar with, to talk about the oh, Texas, I love the Mountain Goats, like the very, Texas very much. Chainsaw Massacre. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, oh. I've, I've uh, everything after they stopped recording on like an etch a sketch. I have like all of their albums. Actually, yeah, it, like Twitter seems to love these people. I've never really heard them before. But so they had on that guy, uh, Walter Shaw, on that guy to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it was fascinating. Um, just like looked at it from different angles, like ancient Greek tragedy and stuff like that, that I'd never even thought about before. And that is one of, uh, one of my favorite movies I've seen a billion times. They're all on YouTube. And so, uh, I'll try to remember to post a link in the show notes, uh, to the channel. Yeah, I do that. But I highly recommend it. It's, it's great stuff. Uh, yeah. And I recommend, uh, the Mountain Goats. Uh, there's a song called Dino Lupati's Bones, which might be my favorite song ever written. So here's, here's a great thing, John. So audience at home, you don't know this, that uh, at this point in the episode, John and I usually spend about 15 minutes banging our head against uh, the wall, trying to figure out what we want to watch for next episode. John, I have something to tell you, and I'm sure because in our relationship, I'm the mathematician. Yes. And you're, you're the linguist. I'm the linguist. I'm, I'm the I talk gooder. I have picked up on a pattern, much like some kind of Kabbalistic reading of of of, of ancient works, some kind of hidden cipher in the jaws oeuvre okay episode one of john and alex hate stuff do you remember what that was uh is a podcast that we recorded exactly we talked about on that episode we talked about a movie which was weird for us that's when we changed we, when we changed from being hardcore pornography to talk about movies mm. we watched batman begins he did i remember him beginning yes from christopher nolan exactly 50 episodes later do you remember we watched <sighs> Batman begins twice. Exactly. The one with Heath Ledger. Mm. John, do you know what next episode is? Uh, episode 50 twice. Exactly. Next episode is episode 100. So get the, get the pattern. Episode one, Christopher Nolan, the first Batman movie. Episode 50, Christopher Nolan, the second Batman movie. Episode 100, what do you think we're watching? Uh, hold on. 50. Yeah. We're watching uh, the one with the Batman in it. Uh, oh, which uh, the um, he rises, right? Goes up. Dark Knight rises. Oh, you're getting right there. Oh, it definitely rises. Yes. It definitely rises. That's right. Episode 100. John and Alex hate stuff. We're watching Big Money Hustlers. Yes. Same clown. Oh, we know we're not. Sorry. Oh. No, totally. It's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you built Let's the body's expectations. Now we're going to hey, watch people a at Batman Hey, people movie. at home, uh, there's a very good chance that you might want to be at our Patreon soon, because I'm pretty sure John accidentally talked me into doing But <laughs> we are watching, to complete our 100 episodes, even though we're on episode like 106, because I'm an idiot and forgot to count very well, uh, we're watching Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, and the one with Bane. Bane. That's a terrible Bane. No, um, get ready to hear a lot of that. Um, because I'm gonna, I, this is, I do this all the time around my house. So get ready it, to hear it, from it John, to do it to an audience. That's not my cats. Love it. I think this many years later, I'm following the wheel in the bit that I can't do the Bane thing. And as much as I want to, because it sounds fun. So that's going to be from John, but we're episode 100, John, Alex stuff, which weirdly enough, um, because we had, uh, we had extra Mandalorian episodes. We did bonus episodes, et cetera. Our 100th episode also is almost exactly our four year anniversary. Wow. John, happy anniversary. Happy yeah. 100 episodes. Ooh. And audience at home, uh, you know what that means. 
you better start fucking sharing the show too and stuff on the social media or I'm going to get a little masturbatory on the yeah, coming, I don't know, you know what's oh, going it's on all, down there. Yeah, so episode 100, we're going to do that. So um, watch it along with us. I mean, really, we're not going to do anything big. I just, it's, you know, it's a it's an episode divided by 100, which most things that's important. It's metric, baby. It It's our centennial. Mm-hmm. In 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 uh, in reference to that episode two hundred, John and I are going to go bicentennial. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> we're finally going to sleep with girls. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Road trip. <laughs> yeah. Woo! That that should be two hundred episodes. John and Alex go on a road trip across the country and watch watch dumb movies in various states. Yeah, well, we're in I... Montana, where Arrival took place, and we're going to watch I don't know fucking Bucky Larson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're... suburban Sasquatch again. Oh, no, that was East Coast. That wasn't Montana, though, right? I think that was Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. That's it. Yeah. Because the Sasquatch followed him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a um, great movie. Anyway, so, yes, Batman, Batman, yep. The Dark Knight Rises. What is it, what's it called? The Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight, yeah. He does something. He, yeah, he Dark gets Knight up Rises. to some nonsense. So, uh, get look forward to me bitching about how I can't hear anybody speak. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's about it. So, I will see... You all no no wait it's not which one Batman Begins was the first one yeah no the dark what's the Dark Knight the Dark Knight is the Heath Ledger one oh that's what fucked me up ew so he really called the the second movie is the Dark Knight and the third movie is the Dark Knight Rises yeah oh that's shitty naming yeah and I, it don't, I don't think and I it put that together because I I mostly forget <laughs> yeah because no one talks about the third one for good reason. Yeah, well, except for us. So, uh, the the hottest topic of conversation, what, yeah. uh, t- ten years? Six yeah, topical. Years? Yeah, people dying to know. There, you know, jury's still out on this movie. So, uh, yes, it's nine years later, uh, we're going to talk about. We're going to settle Dark the case. Rises. Yeah. Oh boy, uh, it's it came out in 2012, and it's just about as good as the movie 2012. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding that movie is a garbage fire anyway all right so uh yeah do that uh tell people to listen to our show that'd be really appreciative uh, actually as i yelled at you guys last week and i did see an increase in people like talking about it so that i should maybe be happy because i'm really lonely and you were and, like nothing's love. ever gonna make my life better so maybe you know you can help so uh, okay i i i love you i love bye bye